Welcome to the Latter-day Liberty Podcast with your hosts, Matt Kent and Daryl Portsline. Um, if you have noticed, or if you haven't, I don't know, um, depends. Uh, if you've listened to our, any of our other episodes, we are back. Um, it's been a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back um, for this episode. Um, I feel like we're it's coming It's probably a safe bit. to say we have zero listeners at this point. So uh, it's, yes, at least, for, yes. Yeah. You know, we're, we're the at three exactly that we zero. had before, after two years, probably figured we weren't coming back and they've <laughs> gone um, on to other things. They could have, I mean, they could have been listening on repeat or something, you know. Well, to be fair, my wife was one of those three. So <laughs> she's obligated. Still. There you go. There you go. So, uh, okay. So, Daryl, um, it's been a while. We actually stopped recording before all of the pandemonium that, that was um, COVID-19 hit. And I just, I thought we would, what we could do for this episode is just get kind of caught up um, for both of us, right? So first off, uh, for example, you've moved, you, you're living in a different place now. Um, I've, I'm living in a different house. I'm still in Utah, but um, do you want to give us a little rundown on kind of where you've been the last couple years yeah um that was in arizona um up until a few months ago and um moved to indiana and of course the question everyone asks is what brought you what brought you here (laughs) or why or the you know the folks in indiana or the folks in arizona were you know why are you moving and uh the the easy answer for a casual conversation is we moved for more space and trees. That's what started the conversation. I was nice. looking at her backyard and I was just like, I want more space and maybe <laughs> some trees. And that turned into this whole discussion. But then, you know, praying about it and things like that, we uh, felt good about it. Eventually actually it was like stop and start for a while. And it was like, Nope, it's not time yet. Waited a few months. And then we kind of, kind of came back and thought about it again, prayed about it again, and then felt like time. So yeah, we're here really because we felt like we should move here, but um, space and trees is the superficial answer. Is what originally got you going. That's good. That's what got, that's what got the gears turning for sure. (laughs) So yeah, we're in uh, a small, we're in the kind of out of the city in the country, but near a small ish town. Gotcha. Actually close to where I grew up, but, um, Nice. Anyway, it's been good so far. I'm liking being away from all the concrete and cities and suburbs and stuff. Yeah, a little more, a little more country out that here. No, I, that's that is nice. I, uh, yeah, in Utah, I don't know that you get much, too much concrete. I mean, there is, there is, but like, we don't for sure. We don't have the the same kind of trees and that that you've got out there. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a little definitely different. Arizona is, of course, even more deserty. Um, right. In that sense. So we had a bigger, bigger shock there. But yeah, no, it's it's fun. Got some woods in the backyard. And that is awesome. Cool. Nice. Okay. Well, um, as far as me, I'm still in Utah. We've just moved to a different home. Um, uh, we purchased a townhouse while we were right in the middle of everything going crazy in. Uh, I think it was in 2020 actually that we finally settled on something and um, were able to find something um, when, you know, when all the Californian people were coming out here and <laughs> that's the story for one, 
whatever the whatever the reasons are, and that might be a good factor, you know, a big factor. The housing market in Utah. My parents live out there and, and everything still. And the housing market in Utah is insane right now. And it was pretty pretty intense in Arizona too. So yeah, that was a nice a nice bonus of moving out here too. Yeah. <laughs> housing market's a little more chill out here. A little, a little more uh, reasonable, probably. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So we've, um, we have been radio silent for the last couple of years and, and I feel like we're a little bit late to this game because, um, there, there was a time when, um, saying anything about COVID or whatever, like literally could get you, you know, your podcast shut down or, you know, kicked off of, you could get kicked off of YouTube or whatever. A lot of censorship happened, uh, during yeah. that time. So I thought we could get a little bit caught up on, uh, how we feel about this whole thing where, you know, kind of where we're sitting currently. Um, it was funny is uh, Daryl and I have actually, you and I haven't really talked a whole lot about, well, we, I mean, we talk here and there, but like we haven't really dug into this with each other um, a whole lot anyway. So this will be good. Cause True. I, I think this will be uh, good for us to get caught up and, and uh, just happen to record the conversation and other people get caught up too. So, so, as far as uh, COVID-19 and that, um, Daryl, what what about the COVID-19 response um, either surprised you or stood out to you? What 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 lessons did you pull from this um, when this all started out? It's a good question. Um, I guess first off, what stood out to you the most? Like what you know, yeah. what went through your head? Like what what was it? Uh, what was your experience with this? Honestly, yeah, to sum up my overall experience was frustration. <laughs> <laughs> and not about the pandemic exactly, but about the response to it. Um, yeah, I honestly never really was. And, and honestly, like if I had to, if I erred on one side or another, I probably maybe erred on the side of like trivializing COVID-19 to a degree, Yeah, um, yeah. you know, and, and obviously, you know, I do think it's a, a real disease that, that definitely killed people. Um, clearly, uh, especially older, older folks or folks with preexisting conditions, you know, it could, it was certainly a concern for, for them. And, um, not something I want to make, you know, light of, but I think the response to it, um, from, you know, our government governments around the world, um, was overall counterproductive, probably caused more harm than, than any good that it may have done. So I think that was really the feeling I had through the whole thing was just frustration at how mismanaged the whole thing was and how pointless a lot of the restrictions and, and lockdowns and mandates were. Um, and I think now with the benefit of hindsight, we can go back and look at the data and see it really was the lockdowns and mandates and stuff really were pretty much pointless. Yeah. They, there's really not good evidence that they did any good. Um, and there's certainly a lot of evidence that they did a lot of harm, especially the lockdowns um, did, did a lot of damage. So, um, you know, obviously there are still plenty of people that look at that same data and draw different conclusions, which is, <laughs> which is interesting, but um, yeah, frustration, I guess, is how I felt about it overall. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly where I was actually. Um, the same thing. I I actually was at the time I was um, at a different company uh, for my job, and a lot of um, progressive people. I was working up in uh, Salt Lake City, and uh, there were a lot of progressive, uh, like left leaning. Um, well, some of them pretty radically left. <laughs> I mean, you were working there with us uh, for a little while, but. Um, I, you know, that at that company that like a lot of my coworkers were just like, you know, man, I hear about these people that are, you know, that are out at the beach or whatever. And I just, I want to strangle them, you know, and I just feel like, what, why? Like what on earth is, I was, I was like you, I, I probably tended more toward the trivializing. And I, that is one thing, uh, one lesson, I don't know if it's a lesson or one observation, I guess I would make about this is that because things got so heated so quickly and went political so fast and so um, strong, um, it, it almost felt like there was no room in the middle. Like there was no, you know, if if you were to say like, you know, no, I, I, I think that this is, uh, yeah, I think this is, you know, this can be like, I, it might be a serious issue, I, you know, and that then you get hit with, you know, well, why wouldn't you want to lock down or like, you know, and I feel like, it it almost pushed me into a, a place where it was like it's not that bad, you know. Like, <laughs> so so it, it almost forced me into taking the exact opposite side, just because it. I don't know they, because of how strong uh, opinions got about this. It didn't feel like there was a, I don't know, a, a reasonable yeah. conversation that could happen. Yeah, and and that's probably a pretty good argument against a lot of the response that took place. Is that you know, people that just wanted to be reasonable and look at the data objectively and not get emotional or politicize this and just really wanted to, you know, treat it in a sane way were, yeah, we're driven, driven off of that because you couldn't get away from the politics. You, you almost had to take sides and yeah, same, same for me. Um, if I'm going to take a side, I'm going to take a side of not overreacting to this. And so, you know, maybe I underreacted right. in, in a way. Right. And so I think that's definitely one of the sad things about the response is it polarized people so, so much. Um, yeah, it was hard to, it was hard to, you know, if you said something about how, you know, maybe mask mandates aren't really effective and, and maybe we shouldn't have them, you immediately, you know, people immediately assumed that you must be a Trump supporter, which right. makes no sense because <laughs> he wasn't anti-vaccine or anti-mask or anything. No. Um, but, you know, they immediately assume all these things about you. You must think COVID's not a real disease. You must think that you you must be okay with people dying, you know, right. all these things. Grandma and killer. There was, yeah, there was no room to be, um, yeah, objective and and rational about it, it seemed like. Yes. So as far as the, the response to COVID, um, like you were saying, uh, as far as the masks and that go, it was interesting because, um, one of the first things that, that occurred to me, um, I started to, to, to really track the, the death rates, right. With this. And we were still, even with all the numbers that they were giving or whatever, worst case scenarios that they were giving. Um, I, it was interesting because I'm looking at the death and I'm doing the, the calculations and I'm like, we're still at like 99 point whatever percent survival rate for this thing. And that's across the board, right? Like, and I'm like, that, that seems, 
seems pretty high for something that we're freaking out this bad about. And I, I, it really confused me there for a bit until, and this is what I was telling a lot of my coworkers and they didn't want to hear it, but I was like, this is a sham. Like we're being deceived because this can't all be, it, it, can't, it can't be this kind of a response to this kind of a, a problem, right? Like the problem itself, we're, it, I don't know, even with all of the numbers they were trying to throw out there, right. it just felt like it, this seems like a, like a really drastic right. um, response. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was an improportionate response for sure. And, you know, I think early on you could make the argument, which would be reasonable that, nobody really knew how bad it was going to be. Right. And so you want to err on the side of safety. Right. And that's, yes. and that's pretty reasonable. Now, of course we can talk about whether we should be using, you know, mandates and, and lockdowns and stuff to, to, to do that. But I think it's pretty reasonable that people started out very conservative and, and really weren't sure what to expect. And, you know, let's prepare for the worst kind of a thing. Right. And, um, you know, luckily our, our church leaders have been, uh, teaching us for a long time about some good ways to prepare for the worst, right? Food storage, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, people that were prepared in that way and, you know, wanted to stay in their houses and, and not be around too many people and all that, were able to do that in a, um, you know, in a peaceful way. Um, and so nothing wrong with that. And I, I think over time, as the data became more clear, as prediction after prediction after prediction of the alarmist side of the of the covid stuff failed to come true like nothing they nothing they predicted actually happened right right you know even you know the spikes that they would predict would be you know a tenth as severe as they as they predicted they would be you know just right wildly wildly different and so eventually i think you know if you're if you're looking at this logically and and without emotion and and without politics you eventually had to come to the conclusion that it, it was a sham that it it was being used to yeah to deceive to uh you know grab power um different things like that and, and that there wasn't yeah that the response was not merited or, or warranted i should say yeah so. yeah and that's um <clears throat> it was funny because i um w- masks was a big one for me um, right away when they were talking about doing mask mandates and stuff like that. I was ticked. I, I was so mad. What I really wanted was a response from our governor here in Utah. I wanted it to be the same as 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 the response that the that um, South Dakota got, right? Um, <clears throat> the governor up there, it literally, it was, it just came down to, hey, keep yourself safe. Here's what we know. You know, make your own decisions. Like if you're sick, please don't go out. Like that kind of a thing. That's exactly what um, I wish our response would have been. Um, but it was interesting to he- like right away when they started to talk about mask mandates and, you know, and wearing masks and the importance of it and that I, uh, I, I didn't believe it. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical of the government. I don't know. So uh, I didn't believe what they were talking about. And so I went and looked up the studies that they, that they <laughs> were citing for this stuff. And they were just the the best way I can put it is they were garbage. Like it, it was not, 
anybody, if you were in school and trying to use one of these studies to, to prove a point or, you know, your, uh, your hypothesis or whatever, you'd, you'd fail. Like they, your teacher, would, your professor would be like, ah, this is junk. Like this, you know, it, one of the, one of the, um, I'll just give you one example, but one of the, um, the uh, studies that they, that they cited was based on, there were two women that worked in a, um, it was a, a hair salon. They both wore masks. They both tested positive for COVID and then nobody else that, that came in and saw them um, got COVID. So obviously masks work. So we need to mask everybody up and then that will, it, that was literally the, that's what they cited. These two women in one, in one hair salon and the people they saw and interacted with, they didn't get, they didn't test positive for COVID. So there you go. I was, <laughs> I was blown away that, and this is what Fauci himself was citing. Like these, this is what the CDC had on as their, you know, one of their, like, I think there were four or five studies that they cited. And it was, it just blew my mind right away um, and that was, I guess, one thing that was really disappointing to me was even when I would explain this to others, um, the response I got was, you know, it was usually, well, I mean, you know, that that's still a, an okay study or, or, you know, they, they have reasons for it. They, there's a reason, you know, it, anyways, it, it just felt like I was talking to a brick wall half the time. So, yeah, that was one of the most, I think, surprising things to me about the response and about just the whole thing in general is how how much misinformation and and maybe that's not quite the right word how much misleading um our political leaders and and agencies were able to get away with yeah i think that i think that surprised me i mean i i know that 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 happens a lot and there's there's you can find a lot of cases of that but covid really brought that to light for me i think you know seeing you know you brought up you know the 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 shoddy studies that they were using to to make this you know these policies and mandates um you know another another really interesting one was how the the cdc's um, definition of what a vaccine was changed four times during the, or three times or something during the pandemic. Right. right because, right. because of course the, um, the, uh, what was it? The Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, um, didn't really meet the standard traditional <laughs> definition of a vaccine. Right. And so they slowly changed the definition on their website. And I remember somebody captured, you know, you know, because you put something on the internet, it never really goes away, right? Right, so right. You can, you can always go back and find the old <laughs> stuff. And uh, I'm glad, you know, there are people out there capturing these things and, uh, you know, showed how it, you know, over the course of several months, it changed several times so that the va the, the definition now, now fit with these new quote unquote vaccines. And, you know, w whether you're pro the vaccines or, or, or against them, and, and I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Like, I think, I think maybe they do make sense for some people and, and probably don't for others. Um, so, but the fact that the CDC was doing, you know, pretty clearly shady stuff or at least shoddy work, not quality work, not, not work that you would expect of healthcare professionals. And they just 
got away with it completely scot-free pretty much you know yeah. there was no there are no consequences yeah so that that's that definitely surprised me yeah and for me the the flip-flops really it, like you're saying like the changing of definitions um that was one thing and it wasn't just vaccines right then the there have been other things that that uh just the the flip-flopping uh, uh so i'm i'm a a very big critic of Anthony Fauci. <laughs> I'll just put that out there right now. And um, I mean, you've got video clips of him, right? Like not long before um, they, you know, they started with the mask mandate stuff or whatever saying, you know, no masks aren't worth anything They're, You know, it's, it's not going to help anything. They've been shown not to, to help. And so we don't need a general masking of the people. And then, you know, within them, I think it was like a month or two, He's to know that this is, you know, because of the citing these four studies, this is, you know, um, these junk studies. But now we know masks, they work. And then you go from, you know, well, if you were, do you remember the the phrase they use? The, <laughs> this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Because once the vaccines came out, I remember hearing um, one of the guys I really like, uh, uh, Dave Smith, he um he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he, he flat out said, he's like, he's like, okay, so the vaccines are done. They're, they're out. They're, they're ready for use, right? This is the turning point. If the vaccines really do what they are supposed to be doing, we now can tell everyone, you do you, right? Because if you want that protection, you're going to get the vaccine and you won't be able to catch it. You won't be able to spread it. Awesome. So you'll be safe. If I don't care to get the vaccine then I can take that risk of catching it and possibly spreading it to others that are unvaccinated, right? He's like, this is the, watch what they do here. If, if they will drop everything or whatever, then we know, hey, the vaccines are great, you know, and this is, you know, this was all for our good. And sure enough, they did not. <laughs> it went from, if you get the vaccine, you can't catch it, you can't spread it to, okay, if, um, you'll also need a booster because, and but if you get the vaccine, you can't catch it or spread it. Okay, well, you can catch it, you know, it's, but it's not as bad. It won't put you in the hospital. Okay. You can catch it and you can spread it. And it doesn't necessarily help with like it, it has changed over the, the course of the last, you know, a couple of years where it's now it, literally it's like <laughs> getting the vaccine in my estimation currently with the, with the current strands that are out there of, um, of the, of the virus there it's, there's literally only downside is what I'm understanding because they last for a certain amount of time. They increase your chances of, you know, there are complications that they can cause. And, and so then, and then you're back to a point of, you can still catch it. You can still spread it just like everybody else. So. Yeah. And, and this obviously isn't, you know, a statistically significant, you know, result finding in a study, but um, you know, my own personal decision to, not get vaccinated um was certainly influenced by you know the data we've been talking about the fact that my my chances as a you know relatively healthy i guess relatively young um person were my, my chances of getting it or, or getting you know having severe complications from covid were, were not that high anyway the vaccines being so new and just not a lot being known about them yet yeah was already you know like you know the, the mmr vaccine that's been around for forever is one thing, right? Like any risks that that has are, are pretty well known and, and documented. And, 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 you know, there, there, there's probably still some shady stuff that happened with that one too. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's been around long enough that 
I know that it's probably not going to kill me at least. Right. Right. With the COVID vaccines, I, I really had no idea that that unknown was uncomfortable to me, felt too early to jump into that given the re- level of risk that I had for COVID. So I decided not to get it. And then of course, you know, I swear like every week after I made the decision not to get it, my decision was confirmed. Oh, yeah. it doesn't actually stop spread. <laughs> you know, after about a m- month or two, it has no effect on spread at that point. Um, and then uh, I had some, um, I think the thing I was referring to when I started, um, was, uh, I have actually two, um, one cousin and one uncle that had myocarditis complications from the vaccine. And with the small sample size of my family, having two people have complications is a pretty big number. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that certainly, uh, made me even more reluctant to get it. So of course, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. You know, I'm sure the the instances of that happening are relatively rare. But again, if it convert if it confers almost no benefit, and there's all these unknowns and potential risks, didn't didn't make sense to me. You know, someone who's you know in their 90s and any little thing could finish them off. Right, might make sense for them to get it. You know, and and I think that's where you know it's not it's not my place to to judge or or decide who should get the vaccine and who shouldn't. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's a personal decision and um, we should, we should respect each other's decisions. And one of the things that really bothers me to this day is people that will just come and ask you if you're vaccinated or not. Like that's like a normal conversation. Now I was like, Oh, are you vaccinated? You know, it's, yeah. it's such a weird, there's such a weird like culture and cult around COVID now it's, it has totally changed the dynamic of our society. Yeah, no, and and that's exactly what um, that's my sentiment as well, and and it's it's been really frustrating um, on my part, and I there's a lot that we could go into on this whole the the response and everything. I I will say this, I um, I wish that we had been recording uh, from the beginning of the of the pandemic because there was a time when speaking like talking about, you know, Hey, I don't think these vaccines are (laughs) are great. I, I have concern. I, you know, I don't think masking is helping anything. Like I don't like this response, you know, that we're getting from the government. It actually took a lot of courage because people were getting canceled. They were getting, you know, like there, there were repercussions for saying these things um, early on. And so I feel like we're, again, like I said, at the beginning, I feel like we're a little late to this game. I I don't want to, I don't want to jump onto the group, you know, and try to jump on whatever bandwagon. <laughs> well, everybody else is saying it now. I'm, I'm okay saying it. Um, but I will say that what I would love to see now is um, really my, one of my goals now is to try to help this kind of thing never happen again. Like the response that we had, I would love for us to, to get to a place where we can be more level-headed about, about the response that we have for any, any upcoming, you know, um, pandemic, I don't know, whatever it is, um, it would be nice if we could get to a, a better place as far as that goes. So, yeah. And any kind of a, any kind of a threat that can be, yeah. Um, sensationalized and, and used to uh, grab power or, um, whatever the motives of, you know, some of these people are, there's, there's certainly, a million and one things that could happen in the future that could be used in this same way. And so um, hopefully we we've learned something as a society um, about that. And we'll, we'll look back at 
at this and realize all the mistakes that were made, all of the misinformation that was peddled, um, <laughs> and all the problems that the response caused for pretty much no no benefit. Right. Um, but unfortunately, I think there's still a huge percentage of the population that hasn't realized that yet. Right. So, you know, I think as we can, as we can have reasonable conversations with people and try to help them see things a different way, that that can be helpful. But I, I at this point, I am still concerned that this sort of thing could easily happen again. I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of evidence that we've learned our lesson <laughs> as a whole. No, no. And that, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, um, like you're saying, there's still those holdouts where I feel like, um, I still see people wearing masks every once in a while. And I'm just like, um, even the CDC has come out and said, Hey, there's no, there's no evidence that they work, that they're helpful in you know, in any way. And, uh, but there's still those people that are like, you know, yeah, it's still important to do this or whatever. Um, and, and that, that gets like, like you said, that, that concerns me. Um, just that desire to go along with and follow, uh, what we're being told. Um, and I feel like it's, it's, it's all based off of fear. Um, one of those, the holdouts that I've seen recently, it is so, I'm trying not to be as frustrated as I am, but, uh, so my son went to the MTC um, recently, actually two weeks ago today. And, um, so he's in the MTC and he's heading to Japan on his mission in order to get into, into Japan. So this is the Japanese, um, uh, they have, uh, so the Japanese government has their own, um, rec- or not recommendations, but like requirements in order to enter the country. And one of those is he's had, my son had to get his, um, the initial shot and the booster or no, I'm sorry. There's two shots, right? For the, for the vaccine. So he got both of those, but in order to go to Japan, he would need to get a booster. If he gets a booster, he doesn't have to be tested for COVID and he can just go. If he doesn't get the booster, he'll need to be tested. And if he is, if he is found, like if he comes, if it comes back positive for COVID, he'll have to wait an extra two months. So getting the booster does not help you not catch it and not spread it. So, but you get the booster and you don't have to be tested. And so this is one of those things where I, again, when you just looking at it and logically trying to work it through in my brain, I'm like, I, I cannot understand. <laughs> I yeah, don't I understand this logic. I think the only logical explanation for those, I, I'm facing the same thing myself, actually, for a conference that I want to go to in San Francisco mm. in a couple months. Very similar things. If you're fully vaccinated, quote unquote, you um, have no testing requirements. Um, but if you're not fully vaccinated, then you have to test. And it's it's going to be a, a real annoying thing to, to deal with, actually, just with the schedule of the conference. I'm going to have to you know, wake up early and run to a testing center real quick right before the conference starts and then and get in there. <laughs> oh man. And you know, I'm I'm almost kicking myself for signing up for this thing because it's it's gonna be a pain. Um, but it there's there's no science behind it at this point. There's no there's no legitimate evidence behind these policies. The only reasonable explanation for a policy like that is that they're designed to push vaccines. Right. Not they're not it's not about health outcomes. It's about we need to get people vaccinated because I don't know. I, that's that's the part that scares me is why do they care so much about getting everyone vaccinated if they know 
that it doesn't actually stop the spread, that it really is just for personal protection, maybe, maybe, <laughs> right? In in certain circumstances, maybe, and and, right, that, right. and that's even a little bit shaky. So, you know, yeah, well, I don't know if it's just you know bureaucrats trying to hit quotas and hit numbers and reach targets and goals they've set for themselves at this point, or if there's something more more shady or sinister going on there. But yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly certainly doesn't make sense unless you view it in that light that, okay, they're trying to make your life as hard as possible if you don't get vaccinated. So the path of least resistance turns into getting vaccinated. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no. And that's, and that's exactly, that's, that's where I'm at as well. I've decided not to, to be vaccinated. Um, my wife got vaccinated, but I, like I, again, I, it's so, okay. I did want to Let's turn the table just a little bit here. Um, I do feel like there's a lot of negative <laughs> about the last couple of years that have happened. Um, do you see any positives that have come out of this? Have you personally seen, you know, like, do you see anything that you're like, okay, well, it, this at least came out of the, the response to, to the um, COVID pandemic? You know, the one that immediately jumped into my head is... Um, the i think faith building experiences that were made possible by this whole thing i know and this one gets talked about in in our church all the time and it's almost a cliche at this point but i think it's still true i think it's still a real thing and and it's important to remember this type of stuff because yeah we could focus on all the negatives for sure um but the um the fact that we were you know that our church leadership prepared us to have the tools and the knowledge and the and the resources to do at home church study and, and even ceremonies, um, before the pandemic, you know, was ever, was ever on anybody's radar. And, um, you know, that was certainly a faith building thing for me that, um, you know, and then they may have even not have even known exactly why now was the time to, to roll out this, this come follow me, you know, home study program, but they did, they, they you know, they followed the spirit and, um, did that. And then, you know, clearly it came, uh, came in handy, um, with the pandemic. So I think those types of things, you know, the time, the time that I, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day, we still look back on that time when we were at home doing, you know, home study church and, and home study sacrament meeting. Um, we have fond memories of that. And even though it was like insane with our four children and like, you know, um, totally different than, than, uh, you know, church was before that it, it, we, we have really fun memories of that. So I do think there are some, some good things that, that came out of it. And, and I think like any, like any trial and any injustice that goes on, it's always sad. It's always hard to deal with in the moment. There's always frustrations. People get hurt. People died. Um, but those things are here for our good ultimately. Right. And so I think that's, that's really the best positive spin I can put on it is knowing that in the long run, this was good for us, even though in the short term, it's not fun. No, exactly. And, and I, I would say that too. Like I, um, <laughs> and this again is one of those things that, that frustrates me a little because of the response um, to COVID and that, like, I felt like there were a lot of people that I, you know, <laughs> I would talk to in the ward that would be, 
you know, well, I, I'm so grateful that, you know, because of this virus, uh, you know, then uh, because we're prepared and all this stuff, we're, we're ready for this virus or whatever. And I, and I feel like it was, it, I always went into it grudgingly because I'm like, ah, it's not the virus. It's the synced response to the, you know, like, uh, so like this part of me was going as well, but I also, um, there were some things to this that, that I, um, I, I enjoyed and it, come follow me was one of those for sure. Um, being able to having that already set up and, and running, um, so that switching over to that was, you know, just really, it was, it was pretty quick and pretty painless, um, just to, to go at home for a bit. Um, I mean, there was some, uh, for sure there was some, uh, I don't know, <laughs> some hiccups along the way as well. Um, but, uh, that, that I think was positive. Um, I, I will also say that, um, I've never, I've never seen so many people, um, question the narrative, um, as I have recently as well. And so that's been nice. I, I feel like it's, you know, all these things that I'm, I've been saying, and I've, I've been, I feel like it's been hard to, I feel like the, you know, the dumb conspiracy theorist or whatever, half the time when I'm talking to people, you know, oh, well, he's pretty radical, you know, pretty, pretty wild. And I've had people, you know, they're like, well, yeah, like, yeah, that, no, that, that makes sense now. Like I can totally, I can see it now because they're, the government's really showing their hand on <laughs> some of the stuff that they've been doing. And so that's also been very, um, I think that's been pretty healthy to, to get into a, to gain more people that are at least willing to question and, and be a little bit more skeptical of the, the narrative that's being, that's being uh, given. So I feel like that's been pretty positive. Anyways, I'm glad we could, I wanted to at least end on a little bit of a, a positive, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spin there. Good, so good try. You know? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty grueling experience, right? Um, I think I think probably the 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 benefits are the the positives coming out of this. We probably don't fully understand them all, right? And of, and of course, you know, God's the only one that really does and really has the the plan worked out. Um, and you know, these trials are here for a reason. But um, you know, sometimes you just have to trust in that and uh, grin and bear it to a degree. And yeah, um, you know, I think that you know we can we'll we'll do as much as we can to, to change hearts and minds. And, and that's one of the things I've really appreciated coming from our leaders uh, in the church lately is that their talks about how the only real way to solve all of these problems that we have, you know, as a human race, you know, whether it's disease, famine, um, war, you know, all of these horrible things that go on, the only real way to solve them is by spreading the gospel. The more people live the gospel, the less these problems will, um, will impact. I mean, you know, even if they impact us physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, we have that, that longer term outlook. We have that, um, you know, that knowledge that, that it's, you know, here for our good, that there's, there's something better, you know, coming in the future. Um, other, you know, that, I think that's, that's what keeps me, um, somewhat positive on the whole thing, but right. certainly, you know, m certainly the, the, the pandemic has not, has not raised my, uh, hopes in, uh, you know, our, our fallen state as, as a human race, yeah. you know, I think, I think we're, we're still, 
we're still there, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully some good comes out of it. I think that, you know, families drawing closer together, um, learning how to still worship and, um, do those things, even in the midst of something as crazy as, as COVID definitely is a, is a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, thank you. I, uh, I think that's been good. That's for sure been therapeutic for me to <laughs> talk through some of this stuff um, and get it out. Um, there's more, like even as we've been talking, there's more that I, I would love to to hit upon, uh, hit on next time and that. And so um, I, I say for now, uh, we, we call it good there and uh, um, we can take this up again next week. But uh, we want to thank everybody for, for joining us, those of you that have uh, joined us. And... Um, Hope everything's going well for you and yours. So take care. We'll see you.